What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the podcast. You know, today's a special opportunity for me as I get to talk to a fellow sports journalist who is, you know, working his way through the sports journalism world. And we get to talk about the evolution of sports journalism, you know, the impact of social media and how that's playing a role in sports journalism as compared to prior, you know, print journalism and just everything in between. Get to learn more about him as a former athlete and where he's from. We're talking sports in California compared to sports in Idaho. We're talking all about it today. Uh, we're going to be talking to him about what he's currently doing in his current role, working with uh, Boise Sports Talk, covering athletics in the Treasure Valley of Idaho, and what he intends on doing moving forward and what his goals and aspirations are. We'll learn about his podcast and uh, where we can follow him there as well. It's a really fun episode for me because I enjoy talking to someone that's got a similar passion as I do, who is trying to bring sports to light. You know, they're bringing a light to the sports game, sharing it with the rest of you guys with their passion. And he has a skill set that I do not have. And that is writing like his written journalism is amazing. And that's why I want him to uh, be here on the show to share this with you guys. And you guys need to take notes from him. But before we get into the interview, I wanted to give a, a word and a shout out to our sponsors, DeLuca Insurance Group. Discover the savings at DeLuca Insurance, whether it's auto, home, motorcycle, or recreational vehicles. We've got your back, Idaho. And when it comes to life insurance, trust a local agent who cares about your best interests. Save today and protect your tomorrow with DeLuca Insurance. Call Kara Lee at 208-813-7273. Again, massive shout out to DeLuca Insurance Group for their support of the podcast. I always appreciate the businesses who are willing to support me and my mission here with the Game Time Guru and this platform so that I can get the rest or get these the, the, these stories from the guests out to the rest of you who are listening. So again, take out your phones, get your notes ready, because this is the Game Time Guru. So what time is it? Game Time Boost! This is the Game Time Guru podcast, where I interview sports figures from all over the world to help deliver a panoramic view on sports. So whether you're a former athlete, one of the crazies, or simply a casual sports fan, this is the perfect show for you as we peel back the curtains and learn from our guests every single week. I'm your host, Shane Larson, and I'm helping you see sports through a different lens. What's up, everybody? Welcome out to another episode of the Game Time Guru Podcast. My name is Shane Larson, host of the show. Almost seven years running. I always keep saying six and a half years, but we're actually closer to seven years running of the show now. And we're in 180 countries, all 50 states. Thanks to everybody who's been tuning in or has shared the, the, the podcast with somebody. Thanks to all of our guests that have joined the show over the last six and a half, seven years. It's a, it's, it takes a village, right? It takes an entire village to kind of help this thing grow. And I appreciate everybody who has tuned in. So with that being said, I just ask, like, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, awesome. Welcome aboard. We're happy to have you guys here. I just ask that you subscribe to the podcast. All you got to do is hit the subscribe button and then Leave us a review. If you're listening to this on Spotify, great. Follow the show and give us a, a review. If you're on Apple Podcasts, write a review on the podcast because that is the trick, the trick of the trade. Uh, there's no secret. If you want your podcast to grow and get out to more people, the more reviews you get, the more it's pushed out to more people to hear. So that is the trick. And I would appreciate it if uh, you guys could show your support there. And once again, I want to give a shout out to DeLuca Insurance Group for being the sponsor of today's episode. Massive shout out to them. You heard them in the description of the podcast. You'll hear about them again. So grateful for their support of the show. So 
Joining me is a fellow journalist. Uh, his name is Dawson Danner, and I've met Dawson just through some local journalism. I've been following him, and uh, I'm super excited to get to know his journey and kind of get his take on some sports journalism and the evolution of it as uh, we're now in 2023 at the time of this recording. And things have changed in the last decade or so or even more in the world of sports journalism. So I'm going to you know, pick his brain a little bit on that, too. So, Dawson, welcome to the show, man. Happy to have you here. Thanks for having me. I'm really glad to be here. Absolutely, brother. So give us a little background, Dawson. So um, where are you from? Because you're not from Idaho. Why don't you give us a little background of where you're from and, you know, maybe a little bit about your sports background, too. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, I, I'm originally, my family and I uh, are originally from Santa Cruz, California, in, in the Bay Area. And uh, I actually moved out here in 2016 to Boise. I uh, went to Boise State from 2016 to 2020 graduated uh, right when COVID hit actually. And, um, you know, all, all throughout my childhood, my, my family was a huge sports family. My dad coached me and my little brothers growing up. You know, I, I was a three sport athlete in high school, football, basketball, baseball. So, you know, was super busy all four years of high school. And then I actually came to Boise state and played some uh, club baseball, played, played on the team there for, for three years. And, um, after that, my, my senior year, the team kind of slowly dissipated. Uh, a lot of my teammates stopped playing. So I took my senior year to really focus on my career path, which is sports journalism. And I did a little bit of coaching at the local high school level. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. Man, it's, it's interesting to hear that about the club baseball, um, seen over at Boise state. I, uh, I also fought for Boise State when I was boxing back in 2006. It was my freshman year at Boise State. Now, I didn't graduate college until 2017, but 2006 was actually my freshman year in college. I have a, a unique journey. But when I was there, I was boxing, and it was, a club, it was a club sport at Boise State at the time. I think they have since gotten rid of it because they didn't have enough participants. But um, at the time, it was a club sport. And I actually, like, people look down on club sports, though, but I, I, uh, I actually loved it. We fought UNLV, U of I. I mean, we had... We fought in our own tournament called the Bronco Belt. It was a really, really cool experience. Um, we just had to pay for everything is all. So we had to do fundraisers and stuff like that. But I'm I'm curious, what, what are your thoughts on the club club sports experience at the collegiate level? Yeah, you know, the, the club sports experience, I definitely think it's it's not put in the same light as obviously college sports, which totally makes sense. But for me, you know, coming to Boise State from California, I saw it as a good opportunity to you know, meet new people. And I obviously wanted to continue my, my sports career. I had some uh, offers to go to smaller schools out of high school to play some baseball, but I instead went the route of going to a, a, a big four-year college and, you know, with the, the football team at Boise State being as big as it was, the blue turf, all of that. And I also wanted to get out of California. So uh, what chose Boise State and I, the, the club baseball experience for me was, was wonderful. I mean, I met some of my best friends that I have to this day that I still keep in contact with were members of the team with me. And uh, I also saw it as an opportunity that, you know, my, my freshman year, I didn't rush a fraternity or anything, but that my, my, the club baseball team for me was sort of my fraternity in a sense. So. I love that, man. I love yeah. that. You know, before we get into your journalism path, I, I kind of want to, you know, know from the sports side of things, you were a three-sport athlete, football, baseball, um, sorry, football, baseball, was it basketball? Come on, remind me. Basketball, yeah. Okay, okay. The three-sport athlete, though, 
from your perspective, I like to ask people this question. Do you feel like that's beneficial? Because nowadays, Dawson, as you're probably well aware, like there's a lot of club sports for for like AAU for basketball and football. They've got sevens that they play and baseball is almost year round now. Soccer, same thing. There's a lot of club sports for these high school athletes. So a lot of kids end up getting siloed into one because they want to compete year round. So it kind of pushes them out from playing multiple sports or at least especially three sports. You'll see a couple dual sport athletes here and there. But I'm curious, like what was your take on the being a, a three sport athlete? Do you feel like it was beneficial for you one sport to the next? Um, and do you do you feel like that's changed a bit in today's sport sports world? Yeah, you know, for, for me personally, I, 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 it was definitely beneficial for me. You know, uh, a lot of people th today might think that it's obviously super, you know, you, you got to dedicate yourself year round pretty much to sports. And for me, it was like that in a sense, but it, it also allowed me to, you know, really learn life lessons as cliche as that sounds right. And in all three different sports from all three different coaches in each sport. And I think that it also really prepared me for what I'm doing today, which is, you know, in the, in the real world working now, you know, being, being able to do deal with time management and organization and, and skills like that. So, but I do agree with you uh, in, in today's society, which it's funny that I say that because I mean, it's been almost, it's been eight years now since I've been in high school, but in today's society, it's, it's definitely, you, you rarely see, uh, multiple sport athletes. And it's, it's one of those things that I, I know a lot of people in the college coaching um, realm, um, some of my old coaches, as well as some of my, you know, family friends that are currently coaching at the collegiate level. And all of them can all have told me that they agree that they, when they look at recruits and, and, and things like that, they look for multi-sport athletes because it, it like I mentioned, you know, it, it shows a lot of like, possibility so interesting i would actually encourage the the listeners right now um whatever device you're listening on rewind that i always tell people this rewind that specific clip right there and listen to what dawson just said about what he he knows from talking to the college coaching world you know uh in regards to multiple sport athletes i just, just rewind it listen to it and take notes and if you aren't taking notes obviously if you have a phone you're probably listening to this on your phone get your notepad out this whole point of the show is take notes and Take some golden nuggets away from our guests. That's the whole entire point. So you always have the ability to rewind it. That's the beauty of podcasts. Listen to it multiple times. So, all right. So journalism, Dawson. So that, that's a focus for me too, right? I went to Boise State. Um, I was a communication major, a little bit of a journalism focus, a little bit of HR management focus. I had a little bit of that uh, in my mind, right? And I'm when, when I was in school, Keep in mind, I was 28 years old when I officially graduated because I was always working full time. I had a family and there's a lot of stuff that was going on at the time. But like even in the time I started college in 2006 to 2017, like there was so much that changed in journalism, uh, print journalism, for example, at Boise State, there's the Arbiter, uh, which is the school newspaper. And there was a lot of opportunities to, to write for that newspaper when I first got there. But I mean, I wasn't at that point yet. Then when I came back to Boise State almost a decade later to finish up my my undergrad, um, it was interesting because the Arbiter still existed, but it wasn't as big of a focus. There were so many people getting internships elsewhere. So that's actually what I did. I actually worked for a company as an intern that was out of Michigan writing for them. I covered Boise State football for them. I covered Dallas Cowboys football for them. And it was out of Michigan. And I just ended up doing journalism there. I'm just curious, what do you feel like since you know going to school for journalism? Have you, have you seen an evolution in the journalism game yourself just from 
your personal experience. Yeah, totally. It, it's funny that you mentioned the arbiter because uh, after, you know, my first two years, uh, so the degree I got was uh, media, media arts with an emphasis in journalism. Um, but you mentioned the arbiter and after my two years of taking GED classes and the required classes you have to take in college, I definitely, I then shifted into focusing on classes that revolved around my major. And one of the, uh, the courses that was offered was to write for the arbiter. And that was definitely one of those opportunities for me that I couldn't pass up on because uh, I, I was told through the grapevine that it, it was an opportunity that you could, you know, really show what you're made of in the in the writing field. And I felt, you know, all throughout high school, English was my 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 best subject, my favorite subject. I was never really a big math or science guy, so I really honed in on uh, my major and decided to write for the arbiter. And I got into I luckily was able to be a, a member of the, the sports section, which I was super excited about. I got all these different opportunities of going to the Boise State men's basketball games and being sitting courtside right there with the, the, the top-notch media teams as well. And I got to participate in the post-game interviews, uh, press conference room. So that, that was just a, a dream come true for me to kind of get my foot in the door but to answer your question uh, about how it's changing, I definitely think it is. And I've noticed that just in recent years that a lot of it is switching to the media and newspapers are kind of, you know, going away. And it's funny because when the arbiter's main focus is that they print a copy. I don't know if they're still doing it to this day, but they print copies and put it all throughout the University of Boise State. And I noticed that none of them were getting picked, picked up by students. And therefore, the arbiter then transferred into going to Twitter and Instagram and things like that. So I definitely think it's making that transition uh, slowly but surely. Oh, yeah, man. The the thing is, it's it, we're in a digital world now. It's kind of weird. You say it's like there is something to having a physical piece of paper, like substance to it. Right. There's substance. Yeah. And I remember like uh, there's an interesting memory I have from the, the boxing days uh, when I fought for the Bronco belt, which was my last fight. At Boise State, I, I got beat, but it was cool because it was in the newspaper. It was in the Arbiter. And so we got the I, I remember like I took a couple copies of and I still have them like of, you know, my last fight. And then like the lead up to the fight when they were talking about the boxing club and the tournament we we're going to have at Boise State. We uh, we fought there and it was really cool to to see it in there so I could actually keep a physical piece of paper. But nowadays, the journalism focus to the to the digital side. And what you see with that is the attention span. I feel like our consumers of, of media is it's shorter uh you have like and so you have to catch their attention you have to do a hook quickly into the story to catch their attention if you want to keep them because in my opinion dawson is like you get on instagram and people have like a, a three to five second attention span if you don't hook them in three to five seconds they're gone and so you have to find ways to catch the consumer's attention and i'm i'm curious you know from my perspective I love seeing the work that you're doing. I, I, I came across it as, you know, Boise Sports Talk. Ty Spangenberg from Boise Sports Talk had you come on there and you were doing some written stuff for him. Um, and I saw that on Instagram and I, I thought it was an amazing uh, addition to that. I just thought it was cool to see your work. Is there any tricks that you have? Maybe you don't even know that you're doing them like consciously, but maybe subconsciously that you do to hook someone like myself, hook their attention. Is there anything that you've practiced or is that just kind of like you don't, you don't even think about that. You just write the article. 
So I, it's I've definitely started to grasp on some some of those like pointers in recent years, actually. And one thing that I've told myself since get it, getting this opportunity with Boise Sports Talk is, I know uh, my articles on his account are kind of mixed in with photos. So what I try to do, and I recommend this for a lot of people when writing any type of paper, is the the headline and the subheadline. You you really got to make it make it write it in a way that it really grasps your audience and like you said hooks them and so that means that what that can mean is just very quick and to the point and summarize what is going to be in your article in very little words so that's kind of one of my main things i've been trying to work on myself and i've noticed that i've gotten a little bit better at over the years so i definitely think that's one thing oh heck yeah and i think it shows that's why I was wondering, maybe you just do it subconsciously, but it shows that uh, you're doing that because it caught my attention and and I, I love it. I love like reading through your stuff for the games that you cover. And yeah, it is mixed in with. So that's I'm glad you brought that up. Like there's media. It's not just like um, when you're doing written journalism, sometimes you might have a, a featured article about you in a newspaper. That's a digital newspaper. Right. And sometimes that's it. But the fact that like you have to kind of write differently depending on the audience and what you're targeting. And like you just said the current stuff that you're doing is mixed in with photos. So you have to understand that the person is going to be scrolling through and maybe they want to see the photos. So you got to catch their attention enough to read your stuff before they scroll to the next set of photos. And there's a whole thing that goes behind it. So to that point, from a journalist perspective, you mentioned earlier, like at Boise state, you'd be at the games and you'd be down on the court and you take part in the post game, you know, press conferences and so forth. Dawson, I'm glad you brought that up. Cause this is what I want to ask. People think that, um, like, for example, I hear a lot of people say, oh, I could do I could be on SportsCenter on ESPN. And I'm like, well, have you ever read off of a teleprompter before while you're listening to somebody in your ear at the same time? I was like, we, we used to do those like classes. It is extremely difficult. Actually, you're looking in a camera, which you can't even see yourself. You're listening to your earpiece to hear the producer while you're trying to read a teleprompter and make it natural. And then sometimes your teleprompter goes down. You're sitting here and there's so much that goes on to things that people don't realize to be an actual good like sports journalist, a broadcaster, an analyst. It's There's more than just talking sports. So the details that go into a game, for example, your press conferences, when you're getting ready to interview someone, whether it was at Boise State or now with the high school athletes, when you're getting coverage throughout the game, are you already prepping your questions? Like how do you prepare for those post-game interactions with the athletes? Yeah, I, that's a great question. I, I still struggle with that to this day. But uh, the since I started with Boise Sports Talk, actually, I've, I've started to develop these tricks that I've been starting to like really hold on to. And one of those is when I'm watching a game and, you know, summarizing of how I can hook the audience at the beginning and then make it so they don't lose attention throughout the article. I do. I do. I write a list of players down who I think that could potentially be interviewed after the game as, you know, my players of the game in a sense. And I do have questions prepared, but it's funny that you said that a lot of people uh, today in today's world say like, Oh, I could be on sports center. That's such an easy job. Like, like who the heck are these guys? And I used to be one of those people as well, but now that I'm in this field and starting to like really develop it, I've noticed that it's much harder than you think. And I, like, like I said, I have questions prepared that I'm going to ask these players and coaches. And when you get, and 
before it ha- all happens, you're you're stoked. You're like, oh, I've got it all ready to go. And this is going to be super solid. It's going to be fluid. There's going to be no ums or likes. You know, you know what I mean. And but once you get in the moment, it's one of those things that it, it's it everything goes away, and you have to remember, and it it gets stressful at times. So, yeah. Ah. Uh. Man, I'm glad you said that. I want people to have an appreciation for for the people doing this work like yourself because you have to feed off of the 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 person that you're speaking to too. So sometimes with what I've noticed, even on my podcast, sometimes I'll I'll interview individuals, especially like the younger ones, they don't really interact much. And so you can't really feel the vibe a little bit. And it, it sometimes it'll throw you off. Even to this day, I'm almost seven years of doing this. Like I'll ask questions and I'm trying to get them to engage. And if they don't, I almost start thinking, man, is this a terrible question? Am I doing this wrong? And my head starts spinning in circles. So like when you're doing like live interviews with somebody like after a game and maybe they're not really engaged, they don't know how to interact. It starts to mess with your head a little bit. You're like, well, I got to get to the next question. You start, people don't realize how hard it is, man. So to that point, I would encourage anybody. This is what really has helped me in my, my journey play by play broadcasting. Like, there's different networks around here that have a lot of opportunities for people to do play-by-play broadcasting for high school athletics. That has helped me tremendously with a lot of things like thinking on the fly. But I used to be one of those guys too, like listen to the people on like commentators on the games. And I'm like, these guys suck. Like, why are they doing this? Then I did it. And I'm like, ah, it's harder than it looks. Like it takes a lot to be a play-by-play broadcaster and a color commentator. There's two different skill sets that are involved and required. You have to do ad reads. You have to understand players and their positions. You got to understand the game itself to provide context. It is hard. It's hard, but it does help you like learn on the fly on certain things to say and how to take notes while you're, you know, preparing for certain things, how to fill dead air. There's so much that goes into like all aspects of journalism. Now I want to ask you, as I just squeaked, I have a cold right now, just so everybody knows, but I want to ask you, did you ever look up to any journalists or analysts or broadcasters or anybody in the journalism field? And that includes, like I said, play-by-play broadcasters, analysts on sports center, journalists that you might've read newspaper articles, like, you know, any of that, that's all part of sports media, sports journalism. Did you ever look up to anybody? Yeah, I definitely did. You know, all throughout high school, I did my fair share of listening to podcasts and a lot of them due to me being an athlete and, you know, watching football every Sunday and being really, really involved with watching, you know, MLB playoffs is currently going on right now. I'm a huge baseball guy. And uh, as well as NBA, you know, my team's the Warriors, so we've had some good years. But uh, one of the guys that I, I've definitely not, uh, looked up to and listened to a fair share of is uh, Colin Cowherd, actually. he uh, Ever since I was in high school, I've listened to his podcast, uh, The Herd. And I definitely, when I was a kid, to go back to what we said, I always said, like, like oh, this guy, you know, he he's super confident when he's on air, you know. And that's something that I definitely admire about him. And, you know, he, he does say some very out there remarks about sports and he, that's part of the job. That's, that's why he gets viewers. You know, he talks about the hot topics, but one of the things that I admire about him is his, his confidence and his poise while he's on air and how he's just like, he's on, he's on air and he, what he thinks is I don't care what people think about me. I'm going to say what I think and let's just move on. So that's probably one of the main guys that I've uh, tried to, because I, I have my own podcast as well. I've tried to frame my my confidence based off of Colin Cowherd. So, A quick word from our sponsors. Discover the savings at DeLuca Insurance. Whether it's auto, home, motorcycle, or recreational vehicles, we've got your back, Idaho. 
And when it comes to life insurance, trust a local agent who cares about your best interests. Save today and protect your tomorrow with DeLuca Insurance. Call Kara Lee at 208-813-7273. Again, that's 208-813-7273. I'm a massive fan of calling myself. Uh, I think we talked about this prior, but... I just love everything you said right there, his confidence. I think if I'm speaking to any sports journalist, whether you're a podcast host or if you do written journalism, if you do whatever, right? I would encourage you guys to watch him. Like Dawson just said, kind of study him. I love to study different people, different co-hosts of shows, hosts and co-hosts of shows, producers of shows. I love Scott Van Pelt. He has a different, unique style of how he runs a show, but he he designed his show. Um, and then so like, it's cool to see how he's designed it and how he kind of goes through his stuff. But Colin Cowherd has this unique confidence. And like you said, he says some outrageous things sometimes, but he stays behind him. Like you have to do that as, as a journalist, you have to be able to stand behind your remarks, whether you're right or wrong. And he says them confidently, the way he articulates his words is awesome. And then he owns it. And then he moves on and he's, he knows he's not like, it's not the end of the world. If he's wrong about a take, like, go on to the next thing. You know what I mean? So I really, really like that. I want to know what uh, your take is on social media and journalism. We've talked about Instagram. We talked about how you're doing stuff with Boise sports talk, but uh, we talked about the arbiter moving over to Twitter and Instagram and that kind of feel like to me, it almost feels like in order to be a solid journalist now that wants to get like people to read their articles or consume their content, you almost have to build your social media following too. Jay Tust is a good one around here from Boise State's con- like point of view. Like he has a great Twitter following. He interacts with fans on Twitter um, about things. Uh, same with BJ Reigns. I, I mean, there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of different guys that are that are out there doing their thing. But it seems like to me that social media is almost becoming a necessity, and that's something that I struggled with forever. For the first three years of my show, Dawson, I didn't have any social media following. I was just trying to put content out and do anything. So. I basically just sat there dormant forever. I don't know. I don't know if you feel the same way and what your thoughts are on social media. Oh, I totally do. And uh, it's funny that uh, it's starting to, you know, go that direction. But when I was in high school, you know, I, I had an Instagram and I, but none of my friends were in the area where I was from were big Twitter people until I came to Boise state. Actually, a lot of my friends that I met out here were huge Twitter people. And that's kind of how, they what because I have a lot of friends that are huge sports fans and that's a lot of that's their outlet of hearing about news uh, going on in the sports world and I never saw Twitter as that and it's it's super interesting that it's kind of, it's becoming just this like ultimate uh, site for people to hear and find out what's going on in, in, in the sports world and for in the whole world altogether for that matter but uh, I definitely think that I agree with you in, in the way that it's transitioning into so strictly social media. And, you know, I, I've noticed that it's helped me gain my following, even with this Boise sports talk uh, gig I got going on. I've people uh, with Ty at Boise sports talk. He's, you know, co- there's this opportunity to collaborate with a post now that's allowing different people to, you know, find out who I am. And I, I've, told Ty how much I appreciate that. And I, people are starting to know who I am now at, at the game. So it's social media is definitely playing a role in my rise in what I'm wanting to do eventually in my career. So 
No, that's awesome, man. It's cool to hear your insight on it. I, I still struggle. I mean, it's one of the things like there's a lot of my Instagram. I don't, I only have like 4,000 some odd followers on Instagram compared to the people that listen to my podcast. I have a lot of listeners to my podcast, but only 4,000 followers of my, my Instagram page. And I'm, I'm trying to still find the balance because a lot of them don't cross over. Like some of them will see my Instagram, like clips that I do for my podcast. They'll probably see clips that I'm doing right here on the show that that'll promote the show, but um, they don't necessarily cross over to actually listen to my podcast. Not all of them. And, and vice versa, like some of my podcast listeners will never follow me on social media, or if they do, they don't engage with my social media content. And then there are some that cross over. So I'm always trying to find the balance of trying to like, how do I get those followers to come over here? Or am I just simply building the brand and interacting with my, my, my listeners here and in hopes that one day maybe they'll come in and subscribe to my show. I don't know. It's a hard thing for me. I'm still balancing it out too. It's, it's crazy though. The evolution, that's the whole point of this thing is journalism. It's, it's always changing. But I think what you said there, the collaboration of posts and so forth, it gives a lot of people an opportunity to be seen um, and, and work with different brands. So uh, with that, that's another topic I had written down here that I kind of wanted to touch base with you on. As, as being in the sports world yourself, being a professional that you are, the, the college world is now getting into the name, image, and likeness stuff. We're two years into name, image, and likeness being a thing. Um, it's been two years running now. And they're starting to figure some things out. And I want to know from your professional perspective, Dawson, what your thoughts are on name, image, and likeness for athletes. Are you for it? Um, do you like it for these athletes to be able to have an opportunity to leverage their name, image, and likeness? And what are some of the best like ideas you have for what, what would you advise athletes to do if you were in their position now and could monetize off of that? Yeah, it's I I'm still shocked to this day that it's the college sports has uh, shifted in, in that direction for the NIL type of stuff. But, you know, I, I've always been a, I have mixed emotions when it comes to name, name, image, and likeness. Uh, one of the things that I've always kind of believed is that college athletes are, I, I don't agree with the NIL type of thing in this way that college athletes are going to, you know, they're going to school and, uh, Pretty much, if you're a good, good, good enough athlete, you're getting school paid for. And I think that getting all these different endorsement deals with brands and stuff is really cool to see. But at the in the same light, I think that it's a little outrageous how some of these athletes are getting paid as much as they are. Because what I believe is that when you go to college and if you have aspirations of you know becoming a professional athlete, you are you are grinding and putting in the work to to end up uh having a career in that in, in whether it's football baseball or basketball which then you would ultimately get paid in so that's kind of my my idea on the whole thing yeah no it's interesting it's an interesting take and this is what the whole point of the show is is to get different different opinions and learn from different people um so to follow up on that and this is just a question to kind of stem conversation you know i had a guest on the show a couple months or sorry no it wasn't even a month back it's a couple three, four weeks ago. Um, so probably about a month ago, Sean Stokwa and Sean is from Canada. He plays basketball overseas. And he was talking about like, it's interesting because football in America is like one sport that you absolutely have to go to college for before you can play at the professional level in the United States. Right. And he was talking about the system that North America has kind of put together for the sport of football. Whereas like baseball, you can come right out of high school to go play professionally basketball. Technically you could go out of high school and play professionally. If you want to go overseas, go play overseas, get paid, but football, you're required to go to college before you can actually make it to the NFL. It's like a system into the draft. Whereas no other 
countries or anything like that actually follow that model. And so with that being said, have you ever like, like I mean, you remember Cardale Jones at Ohio State? I know I'm an Ohio State guy, but he said we didn't come to school to play. We didn't come to play school. We came to play football. You know what I mean? Yeah, they, well, a lot of guys go there just to play for a year or two. That's required. And then they go to the NFL to get paid. Yeah. And so does that like I don't know. I just want to get your thoughts on that concept. I, it's just an interesting thing. I dive a little deeper than I probably should into sports. But I always thought it was interesting that we force these guys to go to school. If they don't even none of them even want to go to school. They don't know anything about school. They just want to play football. Right. So they just go for two years and they bounce out to go get paid to do what they're supposed to do. No different than somebody who's an entrepreneur and says, hey, I don't want to go to college. I'm just going to go start my own business. And they can just start their own business to get paid. So I don't know. I just I was just curious your thoughts on that now that we're in this conversation. Yeah, totally. I, it's 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 interesting. You mentioned uh, that comment from Cardell Jones at Ohio State. It's uh, one thing I've started to notice, actually, uh, in recent years is there's a lot of these athletes that you know, maybe had that mindset going into college, like, yeah, I'm, I'm just here to, you know, get my, my two years of credit and then go enter the draft. And a lot what, but what I've noticed is a lot of these star athletes in, uh, for example, Stephen Curry, you know, he actually recently, uh, I forget how many years of, uh, he attended Davidson for before entering the NBA draft, but he recently just, I believe last year went back to school and uh, ended up getting a degree from Davidson. And I've noticed that a lot of these athletes are starting to realize how important and how, you know, how, what, how good it looks to go back to school and get that degree, you know? And that's why I think that the, a lot of athletes in today's society have that, you know, mindset going in. Like I mentioned, like, no, nah, we're, we're not here for school. We're here strictly to get noticed and enter the draft. But I do believe that once they, you know, are, in the middle of their career and developing into, you know, that star player, they will have that, you know, realization that, Oh, maybe I should go back to school and finish it up. Interesting take on that. And I like that because as you said it, I start thinking about, you know, Shaquille O'Neal, a prime example of that. Like he went back to LSU after, I mean, he's got his doctor. I mean, he didn't even have his freaking bachelor's. He left early to go, go play basketball, but he went back, did his thing. He then owns multiple businesses. Across, I mean, he's definitely into that. I mean, there's multiple. J.R. Smith, I think, also just recently went back and did his thing. And uh, Greg Oden, another Buckeye, uh, former basketball player back in my days, my age. But Greg Oden uh, went back to Ohio State to try to finish up his schooling. And Vince Carter is another legend that had done that as well when he was already in the NBA. He went to finish up stuff at North Carolina. Like, there's a lot of examples of guys who have done that. But even in recent times, like, you know, Steph, like that, that kind of thing. So I, I appreciate that take. That's awesome, man. Um, okay. So I want to know Dawson right now, you, like you said, you have a podcast, you're used to doing, you know, voice, you know, uh, content as well as written content. When you go to these games, you do write-ups, you do interviews with athletes currently like high school athletes and so forth for me. And actually, I don't want to talk about me. I want to ask you specifically, what do you feel like is more of your passion? Are you still trying to find that out? Like, what do you, what do you feel like you're you're more comfortable and passionate about? Is it more of the voice side of things or is it more the written side of things? It's an interesting question. So I started up this podcast with uh, one, with one of my good buddies. Uh, his name's Mario Edwards. We actually, we I met him my freshman year at Boise State. We went through college together, graduated uh, both in 2020. And he actually has, a, uh, he's getting, he's actually in physical therapy school right now. So he's, really busy and uh so getting 
with him to do podcast episodes has been a struggle as of late. But now that football season is underway in the NFL, we're getting back to trying to do it weekly. But we started up that podcast, you know, because I lived with him for, for a couple years and we pretty much did what people do on podcasts nowadays when it comes to sports. We, we'd be sitting watching, you know, football on uh, Sunday and talk about different topics going on, you know, like for example, this past weekend, you know, the, uh, the Zach Wilson uh, in, with the jets, like, is that really a good fit in the long run? Like, things like that. Well, we would have just a couple of years ago, we would have talked about that anyway. So we saw the podcast as an opportunity to really show our other friends and family that we, this is a really big passion of ours. We feel that we're knowledgeable in the subject and we felt that we can really give uh, like show what we're capable of on air and things like that. But to answer your question, I definitely think that my, writing aspect is something that I can see myself pursue in the long run. And I think what I, I think that comes from strictly just being around the game and going, attending sports, sporting events that I'm able to see with my own eyes and being able to, you know, just break it down. And what I, in words that are strictly coming from me, I see that as just super fun. I, I get a kick out of it so much. I mean, I, I'm, there's a, a couple big high school games here this week in, in the Boise area that, you know, I, I pretty much count down the days of the week until those games because I'm just stoked to give those guys coverage and, you know, show what I'm capable of to people around the area. So. No, that's awesome, man. It's super cool. As you start to go through your journals, I'm, I'm in a similar boat. Like I'm still learning my stuff. I, I, there's a reason I do the podcast, though, and not writing anymore because I wasn't good at it. Uh, but I have so much respect for people like yourself who are good at writing. I have a couple friends, Brandon Walton being one of them, who's they're good at writing and you're one of them. It's like, if you have that, it, it's a whole skill set that's required. I remember when I was writing for that website, it was called isportsweb.com. And I think they've since sold the website, but um, yeah, I wrote for them for two years. I was doing an internship with them for two years when I was in college and uh, it was awesome. But man, I can't, I, Dawson, I was trying to figure out words to say. I'm like, dude, I'm like, it's almost like a college paper for me. I'm like repeating myself like five times just to meet the word count. I'm like, I'm not good at writing. I, there was this epiphany that I had once. I was like, I'm not good at writing. And I, I honestly wasn't even good at, at, at podcasting yet either. I just didn't, I wasn't good at writing. And so I had to like, you know, really hone in on, on the, the podcast side of things. But um, that's where I had to take that path. So it's kind of cool to see what, what your passion is and stuff. And I have a lot of respect for guys like yourself who, who can do that, who can get the written word out there and, and really display what they want to display, like in their wording. It's, it's amazing. Um, yeah. Super cool what you're doing. Now, the other part of journalism, what I've learned, and I want to see, you know, what your take is, is you're kind of like a one-man show in the journalism world. And I learned this from Jay Tust when I had him on the show about six years ago. Jay Tust covers Boise State Athletics for KTVB. Okay, He works for KTVB, but he covers Boise State Athletics. Sometimes you have to run your own social media. You have to do your own graphics. You have to do your own producing and editing of your films. You have to do your own written content. The budget inside of sports media is relatively low compared to most journalism. Sports media has like a very, very low budget across the board, especially in regional networks. Sure, the ESPNs and the CBSs on the national landscape probably have a budget for it, but even then they're cutting people because the budget's low. And so a lot of people have to put on a, a lot of hats. So for me, one of the things I've learned, and Ty Spangenberg has taught me this a lot in the last three years, is Social media content, I've gotten a little bit better with my creatives, but I have to make all my social media clips. I have to do all of that, whereas some people will hire stuff out. 
But as a sports media guy, I have to do my own stuff. Like I have to do a lot of this, making my own graphics, making my own shows, scheduling my own guests, like all that stuff. Your take on it. I want to know like what you felt in, in this and, and what have you improved on from day one until now in regards to the different things that you have to do to kind of build your brand. Yeah. I, I think that I, uh, for me personally, I'm, I'm kind of in a, a very fortunate boat where, you know, being a part of the Boise sports talk team and, you know, what ties doing to build his brand. And I think that what I'm uh, able to do is it's, it's a, it's a two way street where, where I'm kind of, you know, being able to showcase my skills in, in the writing aspect of things and post-game interviews. And I'm, I'm able to give uh, Boise Sports Talk as a platform a new type of uh, uh, a new type of addition to the to its brand, you know, because before me, that's kind of why I uh, reached out to Ty and Boise Sports Talk. You know, I, I heard through the grapevine uh, how big it, it was just booming in the area and how its ties developed uh, into pretty much the top sports media outlet in the Treasure Valley, I would say, on, on Instagram at least. And I, I saw uh, it as an opportunity to reach out to him and offer a, a helping hand, you know, and tell him what I can do to, to really help improve his brand and get gain him more, you know, clout and some followers and stuff like that. And I feel that I have done that. And again, I can't thank him enough for bringing me on. I mean, I was pretty much a stranger to him. He could have told me, you know, he could have kicked me to the curb and said, no, I don't need you. But he really, he saw, he, I met up with him, uh, showed him some of my work. And he told me that it was a great opportunity to, you know, for me to come on the team and showcase what I can uh, bring to the table. So. For sure. I, I mean, we're giving a shout out to Ty in this, in this yeah. episode. And there's, I have a massive respect for Boise sports talks, like the page, but Ty is a human, like just what he's been able to accomplish. I've been following Ty since he started his page. And I don't know, what is that? Five, six years. I don't know. He's, we've been following each other since then. And I worked with him as well for two years. I just, I love what he does. He took a unique route too, Dawson. Like he went, he's like, Hey, I'm going to start an Instagram page and I'm going to cover sports from Instagram. Like nobody at the time was doing that. No one, yeah. nobody was covering it. And he was given college of Idaho and all these other schools like coverage that nobody else was giving. And it was through Instagram. And everyone probably thought like the traditional media outlets were probably like, this is stupid. There's no website here. There's nothing here. Well, guess what? Things have changed. Guess who's on top now, right? Like you just said, he's got the largest media outlet in the area, if not the state, as far as like his reach and what he's covering. And he did it his way. And I think that's awesome. So that's why I'm so stoked to see that you've, you know, added value to what he does. Because currently he doesn't do a lot of write-ups at all. He doesn't have any like written content and that's where you came in and helped out. I thought it was like, it was like bang, bang, like perfect for what, what needed to be on that platform. I think it's a super cool team. Uh, you're from California. I'm actually heading down there this weekend for a Cowboys game uh, against the Niners. So I've never been to Levi stadium, but I'm looking forward to, to go and check this out. But I want to know your opinion on sports in California compared to that of Idaho, especially at the high school level. Uh, yeah. You competed at it. So you can be honest because I got listeners all across the country, but a lot of them here in Idaho. I want you to be honest though, Dawson, what are your thoughts on high school athletics in California as compared to that in Idaho? Totally. Uh, you know, I, I feel like I'm coming from a different perspective. I'm, I say that I'm from Santa Cruz, California, but, uh, for those out there listening, if uh, I doubt anyone knows this town unless you've been in the area, but I'm 
actually from Scotts Valley, California, small town right outside of Santa Cruz. I attended Scotts Valley High School all four years, and it's a, a fairly small school uh, compared to, you know, your Long Beach Polys out in Southern California and stuff like that. So for my, uh, the attendance and things like that and how big sports was at my high school and in my town, I definitely think that it could have been better, you know, and I def uh, coming out here to uh, Boise, I didn't really know what high school sports was about until I got into coaching uh, uh, at the high school level. I coached for both Timberline and Eagle High School for baseball. And then I actually, I didn't really pay attention to anything, uh, anything football related, but now with the high school football season in full swing, I'm there uh, participating and uh, being on the sidelines for the Boise sports talk job. And wow, I, I'll tell you what, man, it, it's crazy to think that uh, me being from California, that I would say that high school sports in Idaho is bigger than where I was from. And I can honestly say that. And, and actually there's been a couple high school football games, for example, just last week uh, I went to the Eagle versus Boise high football game. And it was the two, last two undefeated teams in the state, the top two teams that were ranked in the state and that people showed up and showed out for that one. I'll tell you what. And it was so cool to see how even in Idaho that it's as big as it is. And I think that a lot of people, when they think of the state of Idaho, uh, I know you said you got listeners all across the world, but they probably, they're going to be wowed by my comment, but yeah, I can honestly say that it's really cool to see how even in, the state of Idaho, which to some people is known as, you know, the state of potatoes, that it's it's really shown out for their for their high school athletes. So I appreciate you saying that, man. I think it's really cool to have that perspective. It might not be at the Texas level. Right. But I think since I graduated high school in 2006, uh, that was my senior. Well, 2005, 2006 was my senior year of high school. It has grown so much. And I was an athlete all through high school, and I don't want to, like, knock on any of the guys. that I mean, we had a great football team. They were ranked in the top 30 of the country at the time. Uh, my senior year, they won state. My basketball season, we were pretty good. But, like, we knew, like, it's it was Idaho. Since then, though, like, in 18 years, whatever it's been, 17 years, it has changed immensely. Uh, and I and I try to tell people this. When we go and coach basketball, I coach basketball at the club level. So the 17-year-old kids, like seniors and unsigned seniors, when we go and travel – Sometimes we don't match the eye test, right? There's a lot of times where we go in there and our tallest guy is like six, four, and that's like their point guards are six foot four. Sometimes across like in California, Vegas, Arizona, we don't match the eye test. Like we don't pass that. Like they'll look at us as like, Oh, this team from Idaho. And then we come out there and we like compete very well with them. So I just wish more people had more respect for athletes in Idaho. And it's good to hear that uh, perspective from you, Dawson. I, uh, I want to get a couple of questions from you as we come to the close of the interview just getting to know you as a person. What's the biggest life lesson? You mentioned life lessons earlier from playing sports, competing in them your whole life. What's the biggest life lesson that sports have taught you? Yeah. I mean, as cliche as it sounds, you know, I, I definitely think that uh, one of the main just message I was always told by a lot of my coaches growing up was, you know, you can, if you think you can. And that's a quote that if, that I've kind of lived by my, my entire life. And, you know, it was actually, I believe my senior quote actually in my yearbook and uh, what it pretty much means to me is that if, if you, if you set your mind to something, whether it's in, you know, work school or just anything in the world that 
if you think, if you have the confidence that, and if you believe that you can do it, like nothing can stop you. You should be able to pursue that dream, whether whatever it is and whatever passion it might be. And, you know, just go after it, reach for the stars. And that's kind of how I've really focused my life and in recent years. So now that I'm getting older and, you know, I'm now four years removed from college, getting into the real world, I'm try to live by that quote a lot. So. I love that one. Um, Here's one for you. Uh, who's the biggest mentor in your life and what did you learn from him? Yeah. So, you know, what? I, I, I'd honestly say that my biggest mentor in my life is my dad. And again, I'd like, that might sound like a cliche answer. A lot of people would say that, but for me personally, you know, he put me in, he, he was a wonderful dad growing up. You know, he coached me all throughout little league, all throughout pop Warner and football. And he was actually one of those coaches that, you know, when I was playing, I, I, I never really called him dad. I always saw him as a coach. And he was one of those coaches that told me that, that, that quote. And I've learned from him in so many ways. You know, he's uh, actually running his own business now. And I'm actually a part of that team as well in the, the beer and uh, wine industry. So I'm kind of following in his footsteps in that regard is, uh, as kind of my real job um, and things like that. And I definitely think that he's just taught me that there's if like just reach for the stars and if you if you really want to pursue something then you just got to put all your confidence and all your energy into it and it'll happen so I love it. What was your favorite memory through athletics whether that be through as an athlete yourself or as a journalist? Yeah, I'm I'm going to go to uh, I'm going to go athlete wise here you mentioned earlier that you've never been to Levi stadium. Uh, my senior year of high school, my football team was given this just amazing opportunity. Uh, we, they pretty much in 2015, I believe it was, they put all the local high schools around Santa Clara in a raffle pretty much. And uh, they drew eight teams out of the hat that, and it was the year that the Panthers and Broncos played the Super Bowl that year. And they did a little Friday night, Friday night light shootout between they had four games, you know, slotted all in the, in the evening time. I think the earliest game was at three o'clock and the last one was at nine. And my team actually at Scottsdale high school, we were given the opportunity to play there my senior year. And we played uh, another high school around the area called Watsonville high school. And, you know, it was, Going into it, both of us were very high-powered offenses. You know, a lot of people were predicting that it was going to be a shootout, but the game ended 7-0, and I was fortunate enough to, you know, grab snag the only touchdown catch at slot receiver uh, about midway through the game, and it ended up being the deciding score. So I think that's got to be my favorite memory, just being able to uh, be given that opportunity and, you know, growing up, I, I'm not a Niners fan. I actually hate them. I'm a Rams fan, but <laughs> being in that, uh, being in that environment and that atmosphere and, you know, standing on the field and looking around and being like, wow, I mean, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity right here. And I was fortunate enough to get the only touchdown of the game. So that has to be my favorite memory. Ah, uh, dude, no, no doubt. That's so sick. I love yeah. that. That's yeah. those are the cool things that sports bring, dude. Memories like that. I had no idea. So, so Dawson, what's next for you in your sports journal? If you can look, you know, five years down the road from now, do you have any goals in regards to your journalism career and what you'd like to be doing? I know you're working for your dad too on that side and 
probably trying to evolve in your career path there as well as in journalism is if you could look five years down the road and, and say like an ideal goal, what could we expect to see from Dawson Danner in five years? Yeah. You know, five years from now, I've actually thought about this recently and what I, what I think uh, is a goal of mine and, you know, where I kind of see myself ending up is, you know, I, I, whether I still am living in Boise and being a part of Boise sports talk and helping grow that brand with Ty, I could see that. But if somehow I, I move and go to a different state or a different city, I think that what I want to do is obviously the ultimate goal is to be a part of the media team of a professional sports team. Uh, whether I obviously moving back to, you know, uh, San Diego or like in Orange County, that area in LA, I could, I really could see myself end up there, but going to, I, if I were to just stick around uh, and move to, you know, another city that's kind of, not it's kind of lacking in the sports media coverage field i definitely could see myself you know maybe starting up my own thing that kind of like ty did and i'm not too big into photography and video and all that but so if if i did end up going that route i'd have to find you know some people that are that are masters in that category but i think that i could i could definitely see myself having the passion of giving another small you know city and coverage when it comes to high school sports and high school athletes heck yeah dude heck yeah i love it man well dawson well like if we want to follow your journey to see that uh where can we follow you do you have any social media websites anything i want yeah. to hear about your podcast so tell us where to follow you and what the name of your podcast is so we can put the link here in the description yeah totally so my, my instagram is uh pretty standard it's just my name dawson underscore danner and uh my my podcast we actually have an instagram as well we just launched it about a couple months ago and due to some copyright issues we we did have a, a previous name called going for two but we kind of we switched it up and thought that you know me and my buddy mario both being from boise and uh, you know he's my boy i'm his boy we went to uh we changed our name to boise boys podcast and uh boys is actually spelled b-o-i-s and on instagram You'd find us at boiseboys.podcast. So uh, we really appreciate any support. And we're definitely just getting things going and starting to grow our platform. But uh, we got some really cool things in the works. And uh, we're really excited. We're, we're stoked to really give people, our viewers a voice and things like that. So. Heck yeah, man. I'm going to put that here in the description. So the listeners of the podcast, please check the description at this point. You can see the links to not only Dawson's personal, you know, Instagram page, but the podcast page. Uh, and I'll also link the podcast itself there too. We want you guys to go listen, support. That's the whole point of having guests on the show. You get to learn about them and then, you know, follow them in their journey and follow them and, and support them and what they do. So Dawson, I just want to say thanks, man. It's been fun chatting with you and getting to know you. And I just appreciate you joining the show, brother. No, I appreciate the time that you gave me today. And, uh, those out there listening to, you know, Game Time Guru, I, I just recently found out about him and, you know, being in the area and he, he knows his stuff, man. And he's really giving uh, talk about confidence, man. You, you're starting to I've been listening to your stuff and you're starting to become a, a mentor of mine as well in that area. So I really appreciate you giving me the time slot and being a, a part of your show. And I can't wait to see what's to come. 
I appreciate you, brother. You're you're the man, dude. I, I appreciate the friendship. And yeah, there's more coming down the pipeline with us, man. I'll, I'll be chatting with you soon. But yeah, for everybody listening, hopefully you enjoyed it. If you did, like I said in the beginning, please leave us a review. Just uh, let us know what you thought about the, the conversation with Dawson. And then hit us with that subscribe so that you can follow us because we'll be coming to you next week with another interview. Take care. Guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of my show. Now, if you could go and do me a favor, head over to iTunes, give me five stars and leave me a review. It would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your support.